take a look at the reality of the numbers of where you're at. And again, this is like a non-judgment zone. You really want to do this in a place of almost like curiosity. Like, okay, I'm just going to become aware of what is happening with the situation. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. She was making less than $30,000 a year as a receptionist, digging herself deeper into debt and not finding any money help or advice that she could actually relate to. Sandra Graham, along with her four best friends, started a money club, kind of like a book club, except the subject was always money. That first meeting happened around a kitchen table. They shared their bank statements, their debt, their spending, and most importantly, they shared their goals. That was the earliest days of smart cookies. They just didn't know it yet. Fast forward to today, and even Oprah is paying attention. Sandra is leading a massive community of smart cookies with education and support to achieve their richest goals on their own terms. Women talking about money is so important. I'm really excited to have Sandra here to share advice for chasing your dreams and avoiding debt in the process, the money aha moments she wishes she would have had sooner, and the story behind starting a business with her BFFs. Ready for Sandra Graham? Let's dive on in. Thanks to Fiverr Business for supporting Gold Digger. Fiverr Business is a modern workplace for the digital world. No more scattered feedback. Collaborate with your team, manage projects, and share freelancers all in one workspace. Get one free year and save 10% on your purchase at fiverr.com slash business with the promo code GOLDDIGGER10. This episode is made possible by Tailwind. Create, schedule, and post to Pinterest, Instagram, and Facebook, all from the Tailwind suite. Tailwind is offering a special deal for Gold Digger listeners. If you haven't tried Tailwind yet, go to tailwindapp.com slash Jenna to get $30 off your Tailwind subscription. Hi, Sandra. Welcome to the Gold Digger podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited. Oh, I am ready to talk about money. Uh, I was telling you, this is something that our audience is just hungry for. And and I think that these conversations are just so powerful. It's like it's like we're sitting at the kitchen table and inviting people to gather around as we have this conversation. And, And I know that that plays a part in your story. So before we dive into the nitty gritty. Mm -hmm. Tell me your story, Sandra. How did you go from making less than $30,000 as a receptionist and (laughs) racking up debt to being on Oprah, launching your business with your four best friends? Give it to me. Yeah. I mean, usually when I tell this story, I actually start a couple years ahead, but I think it's important to like write when Smart Cookies started. But the real story, honestly, Jenna, starts a couple years back before that. So I was a couple years out of college, early 20s, living in Vancouver, Canada at the time, which was a great city, but super expensive. And I just remember feeling like, and I got my first job. I was just kind of going through the motions, right? Like went to college, got my first job starting, you know, at an entry level position, literally making $28,000 a year. 
And, and it was great, but I felt like I was just kind of going through the motions. Yep. And I had this, it was one day after work. It was like a rainy Vancouver night. And my friend Jasmine was like, come to this networking event. First of all, like networking event, like my worst nightmare. Like, no, there's <laughs> like a million other things. Like is the bachelor on what's happening? No. Right. And so I went just like to keep her company. And so I hit up the buffet, I like grabbed my glass of wine. And the woman speaking, her name was Maureen Fitzgerald. She was like this gorgeous woman, had this wild curly hair. And she stands up and she tells her story. And I was so captivated by her. And she started by saying, you know, I was a lawyer and I just had this moment. And I think it was like building up. But she literally had that day where she's like, I quit. I called Mm -hmm. my assistant in and and I just decided I can't do it anymore. I quit and she spent the next year like reading books and just like diving in. She's like, I just needed the year to like recenter myself and recreate my life. Mm -hmm. And she did. She totally transformed and recreated her life. And I think it was in that moment. And I feel like some of us all have that moment where you realize like you're in charge of your destiny and you can paint that picture and you can set things in motion. And so she had a book at the time called Mission Possible. And so I went to the library, like a good smart cookie I am, (laughs) checked out her book. And it was the first time I did an exercise like similar to a perfect day, right? Where you really look ahead and visualize that. And I just, I knew that if I started taking brave action to get myself where I wanted to go, things would start changing. And they did really rapidly. So the next sort of step in the whole puzzle was my friend Katie at the time was like, oh, she worked for one of the best companies in Vancouver, very entrepreneurial, amazing, cool company. She's like, we're hiring a PR coordinator. You should apply. My first thought was like, I have no PR experience. (laughs) Like, I'm so underqualified. I knew because it was one of the top companies to work for that the interview process was going to be super competitive. And so I psyched myself up to to go to the interview. And Jen, it was so crazy. This company was notorious for doing group interview styles. So you're in like a group setting being interviewed all at once. And so they're watching like how people rise to the top. It and feels like the Hunger Games. Oh my gosh, it was totally <laughs> the Hunger Games. It was so stressful. <sighs> and for sure, I was like, that was an amazing experience, but like, there's no way I'm getting this job. Q2, I get the job. And it was an amazing experience to be surrounded by this like very entrepreneurial company. But what was crazy about it was you know, the women that I worked with and the people I worked with were, you know, in their early 20s, but like dressed beautifully and had these great apartments. And I started wanting to keep up with that, right? Like, even though I was making a little bit more, well, I was making more money. And that's almost a tricky part too, right? Because like suddenly you're making more money. And so you're thinking like, oh, well, I want to take that trip and I want to furnish my apartment. And so I slowly just started accumulating consumer debt, like just to try to keep up. And it was at that company, my colleague, Andrea, who was like the epitome of like girl put together, came up to me and Katie one day and she's like, Hey, like I saw this episode of Oprah and she's doing something called like her debt diet, where she's inspiring people to take control of their money. And I thought it might be something fun that we could like do together where we could come and teach each other and set our financial goals together. And the hilarious thing was the weekend before I had gone out for drinks with my girlfriend and we were having the exact same conversation about, you know, where is the, I wanted to buy an apartment at the time. I remember Googling, like, how do you buy your first home? And all of the links that came up were like 99% of them were from men, (laughs) like talking, talking down to be honest. And just not like, I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was relating to it. I was like, where is the information being targeted at me? 
as a young woman who just wants to talk about money like you would talk about it with your girlfriends. Like, yeah. let's be real about this. And so I ran back, I ran back to my cubicle and I called Angie. I was like, you're never going to believe it. The girls at work are talking about exactly what we were talking about over the weekend and they want to get a club together to talk about money. And so we're like, yes, we're going to do it. And so Andrea ended up bringing her friend Robin. So it was five of us all together. And we gathered at like, Katie's kitchen table. I still remember it to this day. And Jenna, we brought our bank statements, we yes. our credit card statements, like we uh, some wine, like it was definitely necessary because we really got real in that very first meeting together. And I think the turning point for me, and I am so thankful to Andrea for this specifically, she revealed in that meeting that she was tens of thousands of dollars in debt mm-hmm. and that she, and she was the girl who was, I was really trying to keep up with her. Right. Yeah. And she was so real and vulnerable in sharing that. And she's like, I got to get, and she is so sweet. She is so organized. So she had like all her debt, like neatly filed away in a cabinet, but just like, wasn't. <laughs> I was like, girl, we got to pay that. So, so that was it. So we very quickly in that first meeting really kind of set up a system to, create big visions for our lives, support one another and have little baby action steps every week. Like we met every week during that year to support one another, to check in, to be vulnerable. That's where the magic happened because we were able to be vulnerable and really support one another. And that year we were able to collectively pay off $50,000 worth of debt. We (laughs) increased our earnings. We did. Oh my gosh, Jenna, we hustled so hard. We like walked dogs. We moved into each other's apartments. We shared clothes. Like we did everything because we were just so obsessed with not just the goal, not just the dollar figure, but this vision that we now had for our lives. Right. And we were, we were really excited about moving in that direction. And so we, Katie worked in the PR department at the company and she was on Oprah's website one day. She was doing a call out for success stories. And so Katie's like, oh, we've got a success story. So she, you know, shot off an email, didn't even tell us that she was sending it because what are the odds that someone's actually going to read it? We still have the email. It has spelling mistakes in it, like by no means. Is it like a perfect, perfect email? But it caught the eye of the right person and they invited us on the show to share our story about how, how we did it. So at that point, smart cookies was not a business. We were like girlfriends trying like our heads about to pop off on our way to Chicago to (laughs) have this amazing experience that would, we knew would be amazing. I don't think we realized how much it would change our lives, that experience, but that's, that's where it all started. So what happened? I mean, you can't leave us there. You're going on Oprah for girlfriends. You're sharing yeah. your story. And yeah. then what? Oh, well, so the crazy thing about that experience too, was that we obviously knew we were part of this show. So yeah. we, they came to Vancouver and they filmed with us and the producer. It was such a beautiful, amazing experience on every level. And, but I fully thought, if you remember watching Oprah, typically what she had with guests like us, would we would be sitting in the front row yeah. and she would direct questions at us. And so that's what we were prepared for. And it was during the commercial break and they put five stools on the stage and say, okay, smart cookies, like it's your turn. Like we literally did not know we were on stage with Oprah (laughs) until they put those stools up there. So I think we all collectively had a major heart attack. 
And, but it happened so quickly and it was during the commercial break. So I remember Oprah looking at us and practicing our names, right? Cause she's like, yeah. okay, there's five of you. Like what's, what's happening here? And then the segment happened and somehow we formed coherent sentences and, <laughs> and that was, and that was amazing. And then afterwards we were on the show with Jean Shatsky, who is an amazing, she's written countless books in personal finance and is an amazing, amazing woman. And we were so excited to meet her too, right? Cause I mean, we're totally nerding out as you know, money focused, smart cookies. And so she invited us on, she had a radio show on Oprah's network. And so she invited us on her show afterwards. And so that's when she said, you know, you guys, your story is so cool. You know, I'm going to introduce you to my literary agent and you guys have to, you know, write a book. Like, this is so cool. And so we're like, at this point, yes, like all the things, it sounds great. It's amazing. You know, I think what was cool about so many cool things about that experience, but we knew that there, because we couldn't have been the only women feeling like we were feeling, right? Like yeah. we need a forum to talk about money. We need to feel safe to talk about money. We need to support one another to reach our financial goals. So now it was like the biggest platform in the world to be able to do that and to be able to help people. So, I mean, I think that was, our heads were, you know, spinning off thinking about how can we, how can we reach, how can we help as many people? And I remember being in the limo, after we wrapped and we were on the way back to the airport. And I remember calling my brother and being, cause he's the most tech savvy person I know being like, I think we need a website. Like <laughs> <laughs> maybe that would be helpful. So that's where, that's where afterwards, you know, the business of smart cookies with the five of us was, was born. I mean, we literally went to the library and figured out how to incorporate our business. Like it was starting from ground zero, but we knew that there was an opportunity to help a lot of women. And that was really, really, really exciting. One of the things that I love about this story is you did the work first, right? Like you mm -hmm. went through this life experience, you researched, you came together, you you had your own yeah. community, and then you extended that work to include outsiders. I mean, you never yeah. went to school for this, but you had gotten yourself and, you know, your friends had also gotten these collective results. So what did it look like in starting this business, especially to, I think, wow, five people, five women? Yes. Uh, how did this, how did this all shake out? I, I need oh to know. Gosh. It was so, I, I mean, we knew that right from the get-go. We're like, okay, this is going to be a really beautiful experience. And we need to be smart about like, it is what it is, right? It's yep. five women. And we all agreed early on to like, this was crazy that we were all going to be like the leaders. Like, so yep. we're just all five of us decision makers. Like, can you imagine the chaos that it ensued? But one of the things that helped us a lot, and I think I'm so glad we did this, is that we put together a group of, we called it a board of advisors. Yep. And it was pretty formal, but I feel like all businesses, even if you're just a solopreneur can do this to some extent, because what it did was, and by the way, in all different industries. So we had like Bev, who was like a boss CEO of Canada Gold Corp at the time. So like, and logist was a CEO of a logistics company. So she had a beautiful perspective. We had a venture capitalist. We had Judy Brooks, who had founded a blow dry bar at the time. And then she had, she was a mediator too. So it was like all of these different experiences. But what was cool about that is that we were kind of accountable to them in a sense of like, we had quarterly meetings where we brought our financials, how we were structuring the business. So it gave us that sense of, you know, even though we had decision-making power within the business, it was 
you know, to have that outside perspective and also just be held accountable, right? Like, okay, we're going to have our financials. We're going to talk about what we're doing. We're going to talk about the goals and, and more importantly, just, you know, how we were structuring things and also the bar that we were holding ourselves accountable to. Right. Yeah. So that was, that was really important. So, I mean, but that was five years that we ran the business together. We finally got to the point, I think our board at one meeting was like, okay, one of you needs to be like the leader. Can we figure yes. out that? Can we figure out that piece? And that was a huge, a huge shift for us, but it was super important. But when we started the business too, I mean, we were, Katie was the only one who was married at the time. We were single. We were, you know, and our lives started changing really quickly as the business grew and we were getting married and moving at this point. My, who is now my husband had moved to Denver. So like I was going back and forth between the States and in Canada. And so it really got to the point after five years of running it together to really have the honest conversation of, you know, how is the business, is the smart cookies chapter going to end? And, you know, that was an amazing journey and we've helped a lot of people or is one of us going to take it and continue it on? And I really didn't know how that was going (laughs) to shake out or even how that was going to be possible. But that all happened when I had had my first baby, Jack, and the girls decided to (laughs) honestly, like, it's so crazy looking back at, at how this happened, but I had put my hand up and said, I would love to take it and run it and grow it and continue the vision that we had. And the girls sort of all gave me their blessing to do that. And I think the way that, and I think it's important to get into the nitty gritty of this too, because I think sometimes the transition of business isn't talked about enough. And so we had Judy who was uh, on our board and she mediated the whole thing. And she was like, look, you girls, like you can spend like thousands of dollars with like lawyers on this, or like we can all get on a phone call. You can, you know, we'll verbally record it. We'll have it like notarized, like you pass the business over and, and that'll be that. So it's not like we didn't have things documented and we did have lawyers involved to some extent, but it really was Judy was like, you do not need to overcomplicate this. Like, let's keep it as simple as possible. But I remember Jenna, like to the day, every detail about the day. And I was sitting on the bed. Jack was like in his bouncy chair. He's two months old at the time. And we're all on the call and Judy's going through everyone. She's like, Andrea, do you, you know, pass ownership over to Sandra? Yes. Katie, do you pass ownership? And I'm like bawling already. But it was like such a a moment of so excited, but also like waves of doubt also, right? Oh my God, like how am I going to do this? The bank account went to zero for me. So like all the other girls got paid out. I was like, okay, starting from scratch with zero with a new baby and an exciting vision, but also like what in the world am I going to do here and how how am I going to do it? But yeah, that that was a crazy, crazy time looking back. I cannot imagine. It's so funny. This is bringing back so many memories. So many people don't even know this, but I had co-founded a Midwest wedding blog before I was even a photographer. And um, halfway through, we ran it for like four years while working full-time jobs and starting other businesses. And and halfway through, my co-founder was like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And I took it over. And, you know, there it's like this passing of the torch, but then it's also this passing of responsibility and like, can I do this? And like, oh my God, how, Mm -hmm. so what was it like now you're starting at zero, but you have Mm -hmm. this vision, you, you have a brand you've already been building. So Mm -hmm. then what happened? Yeah. So I, it was at that moment in time, it's when the world of online courses were really gaining momentum. And so I really focused 
as much attention as I could on that. I knew that that was going to be the fastest way for me to help as many people as possible and also Mm -hmm. generate as much profit as possible. Like it was so important in those beginning days for me, especially like growing my financial confidence as a business owner to to focus on, okay, what is going to make the most profit and honestly, like keep my expenses so lean. Like I was the ultimate ultimate smart cookie during those days. Like I bartered everything. I like bartered like a website designer. I was negotiating with like, you know, the email service provider, all of the things that I knew were essential, but weren't necessarily like directly bringing in income. So I was investing in like courses and education and things that were going to help me bring in income, but really trying to be lean on those like essential expenses and really trying to go with like a cash is queen mentality. So, you know, saving as much as I could and then reinvesting that in the business because at the time I was like I need to continue to pay myself a salary I need to you know be covering daycare for Jack and I need to have the money to be able to grow this business and keep it growing and so yeah those were those (laughs) those were those days that I was like oh my gosh like I am I am living it like it's a it was a grind honestly for a few years but well, and you're taking your own advice, right? So well, you're yeah, like, exactly. I'm teaching this, so I need to live this, oh which is a God. whole added layer of pressure, right? Girl, I feel like we could do a whole conversation on that. Like, <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's it's it is though that weighs heavily on me a lot, like for good and bad too, right? Yes, so yeah, uh, for better or worse, but it is yes. is what it is. Well, one of the things that I think is super interesting, and I think honestly, every business and situation and industry is different. I've personally never gone into debt for my business. I've always just been this slow reinvestor. You know, I had the side hustle of photography before I went full time and everything. But sometimes chasing our dreams can mean taking on debt or thinking like having this belief that we do have to take on debt to make those dreams come true. So I want to know, like, how did you fund your dreams? I know you shared a little bit about like negotiating and, and mm-hmm. trading and doing all that, all things that I've done as well. But what did that <laughs> look like as you grew and scaled? Yeah. So for me too, Jenna, and I'm the same, like I really, it's important to me to not take on debt to grow my business. And I do think there are some businesses where it's not a terrible thing to incur some debt in the in the beginning. And I love it. Jenna, I know you've had Hans Botang on your show before. Yes. Love him so much. Oh, and his perspective same. on debt is so beautiful because he did an Instagram post a, a few weeks ago. Of course, I grabbed a screen grab of it, but it was something along the lines of like, Debt is not a physical location. Like you are not physically stuck there. It does not define you. You can manage it. It can be part of a growth strategy. And it's not something to feel guilty about. Like we can beat ourselves up so hard for debt, especially, but money in general. And so while I don't think always that debt is necessary, if it's something that has become, again, part of your situation, like (laughs) even just that, like, ooh, take that pressure like off your shoulders right now. And look at ways that you can just manage that and make it just part of part of your your strategy. But for me, Jenna, I was 
I was the same as you. I mean, I saved so that I could continue to grow. So if you look at, you know, like a profit first mentality, which essentially means like you're automatically saving money that comes in for your business and then reinvesting that into, into growing and scaling. So that was always important for me to be able to use that strategy. And I know so many businesses who have grown into like multi-million dollar businesses by doing that exact same strategy. And so while there might be some, and I don't even like the word sacrifice, because to me, like, you know, bartering and being scrappy and making choices with my money never feels like sacrifice when you're so excited about what you're building. Like when you're so rooted in purpose and in what you're doing, then those choices feel like freedom. They don't feel like, oh my goodness, like I'm depriving myself and I, you know, I can't do this. It's all about, it's all about choices and looking at, you know, what you're doing. Like when we got off of, when we were done with Oprah and we came back to Vancouver and we had you know, a huge book deal. And we ended up having a TV show. Like we still at that point, like I was taking the bus to the TV show. Like I was so like, I, I just knew sustainability wise that saving money was going to be so, so, so important. And again, those choices feel like they're getting you in the direction that you want to go. So I think that's important when you look at what you need to do to get somewhere, it's about perspective. And if you have that bigger like why burning inside, those choices end up feeling like freedom, something that isn't holding you back. Yeah. Before I had a team of humans to help run this business, I had a team of tools, apps, and programs that made me more efficient at all the things. One of those tools is still a part of my workflow, even after hiring help. If you need a platform that allows you to create customizable graphics for Pinterest, Facebook, and Instagram, plus schedule and automate your pinning and more, try Tailwind. Don't start your social posts from scratch. Start from almost done. Set your logo fonts and color palettes one time and Tailwind Create automatically applies your brand style to every design. Then Pinterest scheduling with Tailwind helps you grow your business with more traffic so you can spend more time doing what you love. We use the Instagram tools for the Gold Digger podcast feed, and it is so helpful to arrange our grid and schedule out our posts. You can either auto post with a business Instagram account or set reminders so you never miss a prime posting window. Tailwind is offering a special deal for Gold Digger listeners. If you haven't tried Tailwind yet, go to tailwindapp.com slash Jenna to get $30 off your Tailwind subscription. That's tailwindapp.com slash Jenna for $30 off your subscription. With Fiverr Business, you get access to an all-star team of super freelancers, along with all the tools and support you need to easily integrate them into your existing workflow. It all starts with access to a catalog of verified, trusted talent specifically vetted for specific business needs. The Fiverr Business team matches you with the best talent for every project, multiple freelancers if you need them, and you can manage those projects, streamline feedback, and facilitate collaboration between those freelancers so that job can get done right and on budget. Web programming, app development, video production, you can book talent across the board for so many types of projects, and then you and your team can brainstorm, provide feedback, and truly collaborate with a freelancer in an efficient, effective online platform built for precisely that. Right now, you can sign up for Fiverr Business absolutely free for the first year. Get one free year and save 10% on your purchase at Fiverr Business with a promo code GOLDDIGGER10. Go to Fiverr.com 
goldigger10.com slash business. And don't forget the promo code golddigger10. I think one of the most beautiful things, and I think about it often, and, and you kind of even referenced it at the beginning of this interview was, you know, when you started making more money, you started spending more money, right? Yeah. Like in that yeah. corporate setting. And I think that happens a lot too, if you do find success. And you know, I remember having this conversation with my brother because he had a side hustle while he was a chemical engineer. And he was like, yeah. you know, I never even let myself touch that money from the side hustle because if I would have gotten used to the lifestyle with both of those incomes, I would have never been able to leave one, you know? Yes. And yes. I think it's it's so powerful because, you know, we run even to this day as, as a family from what is our enough point? Like what totally. is like the minimum that we need to <laughs> pay our electric bill, pay our cable bill. We have no debt. How do we live from that place and not a place that scales as things change? Because that's where I find freedom. And I think that that's such a beautiful reminder too, as people are, you know, maybe starting a side hustle and, and getting those funds you know, save them, like squirrel them away as much as you possibly can. Don't even look at them because that can become your safety net when you're ready to make that leap. And I think, man, after this last year, how many people were wishing they had that safety Mm -hmm. net to lean on to give them the freedom to make those decisions? Yeah, that's just it, Jenna. It's it's the freedom to make the choices that you want, right? Yes. Like I never want to feel like, oh my gosh, I have to like do that launch or I have to like that stress is like not, it's not a vibrant place where you can thrive as a business owner. And so giving yourself that cushion, like I get goosebumps just thinking about it because that's where the power comes from, right? Like that's where you can, you can grow. And I think it's important to have like nobody saying, you you know, you have to like struggle and be in this like place of, of depriving like yourself and your family. But it's about like really knowing like the life that you want to live right now in order to get to where you want to go and to sleep peacefully at night and to just like feel like you can be your best self. And that is, that to me is like financial wellness. And that's super important. I want to know, so what is Smart Cookies to this day? We we heard the early story. We heard the version with all five of you. What has it evolved into? Oh my gosh. It's evolved so beautifully. And what I love the most about the vision and the brand and the community, because that's really what it is, is it is, you know, education and support in a community for ambitious women to create their richest lives. And it's, you know, I've worked with thousands of women who are part of our Smart Cookies community now. And it's so cool now because I've been doing this, gosh, like more than 15 years. So it's cool to see the emails that come in from women who, you know, just sort of started with Smart Cookies back in the day or even, you know, 10 years ago when I took over the business. And their lives have changed. Like they have bought their dream homes and started businesses and even like been able to have the financial freedom to leave relationships they weren't happy in. Like it's so amazing to, and not only that, because the cool thing about the smart cookie community is that it's not just about your goals. It's about like uplifting others to reach their goals. And so to see that happen within our community is so 
magical and and rewarding. So that's that's where Smart Cookies is today, and I'm super proud of that. More proud of the women in our community and the and the work that they've done and the support that they've given each other. It's like the most rewarding. <laughs> I feel like it's a dream come true to be able to do this work. I really do. I'm super mm-hmm. grateful for it. One of the things that I I think is so unique and beautiful about being a leader or a teacher or an educator is that we're often lifelong students, right? Like we're the ones signed up to make the mistakes and learn as we go. And I want to (laughs) know, like, what was a money aha moment that you wish you would have had earlier on in your life? You're like, if I can save anyone from this thing, what is it? I know there's probably a million. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Where do I start? Honestly, the biggest one is being okay with making mistakes. I am not like I I'm not a risk taker by nature at all. And so even so giving myself grace to, you know, invest in something that might not give me the ROI that I (laughs) that I want right off the bat, or, or completely tank. Like that's, that's really real. But I also think that there's a lot of potential and that's necessary. It's necessary to make mistakes. It's okay to make mistakes. And so I wish, I wish I would have learned that earlier. And honestly, that's like a, that's going to be a lifelong practice (laughs) for me, for sure. Like, even as I'm talking about it, I'm like giving myself a pep talk, right? Sandra, like it's okay to make mistakes. And then the other thing is really investing with, I just love, and I think it's so important to invest in growth and especially like in business growth with people yeah. who have been there, done that. Like, yep. That's always yeah. my thing. I'm like, I will give you all of the money to like shortcut my path to success, knowing that you have done it, like give me yes. that path. And that is, you know, and that can be scary because it can be a substantial investment. But what I've seen in my own you know, personal finances and within the business, like that's where the biggest, that's where the biggest shifts happen, both just in yourself and and also in terms of what's happening in in your bank account too. Yes. Oh, I second that wholeheartedly. And I think the investments that hurt just a little bit, I think those are the ones that you work harder on to make it worth it. And I think that there is something super unique about that dichotomy of like feeling that risk and seeking that reward with almost like a vengeance. And I think, (laughs) man, if you get powerful women betting on themselves, man, I would put money behind that any day of the week. A hundred percent. And that's just it. I'm like, I know that if I'm like down a little bit, like I, there's no way, like I'm going to figure it out. Right. Like, so sometimes you need to, you need to put that skin in the game to elevate yourself to that next level. 100%. Amen. I think it would be remiss if we didn't talk just a tiny bit about some of the challenges, specifically financially, that a lot of people faced over this last year. You know, I think it's it's really easy to say, you know, someone left their job to read and spend a year off. And and there's so many people listening (laughs) that would be like, what is this life? And, you know, I think when we look at like the collective economy and and the state of the job market and, and people really finding themselves in a place of struggle or or incurring debt that was unexpected or wishing yeah. they had that cushion. Mm-hmm. What is something that you would recommend for people that are coming out of this last year, not really poised for success, but desperately yearning for it? Totally. And so that is, that's a really real reality. And I think it's so important and it's honestly the hardest thing to do in that state, but it's the most important to put yourself in 
what I call like a state of possibility. So it's like focusing on getting ahead and what that vision is going to look like for you. And when you're in the struggle, it's so difficult to do, but it starts with just like being real with how you're feeling about the current situation, like naming it. Like I'm feeling stressed and you like feel it in your body. Like it's not just, but that can keep you stuck. And so it's super important to, to name it with a place of not judgment, just awareness. Right. So like, Oh, I'm feeling guilty or like, what is happening here? Name it. And then before you even look at the numbers, before you even think, because that's where the anxiety comes in, right? It's like, oh my gosh, I've got to like organize my debt. I've got to look at the numbers. Don't because (laughs) don't do it yet. The first step is really, if you can't visualize what you want your life to look like on the other side of the financial situation you're in, think about the feeling. How would that feel? How would it feel to wake up in the morning and not have to worry about what you're worried about right now? Would it feel peaceful? Would you feel excited? Would you feel joy? Like think about that word and just put yourself in that feeling for a moment. The image of and the vision of what the whole like painted picture about what that will look like will come, but I think it's really important at first to sort of anchor in that feeling. And then in that place, in that state, take a look at the reality of the numbers of where you're at. And again, this is like a non-judgment zone. You really want to do this in a place of almost like curiosity, like, okay, I'm just going to become aware of what is happening with the situation. So if you're looking at your debt, okay, what is the balance on that debt? What is the interest rate? And what is the minimum payment? Also, what is the number that you need to call to speak to a customer service representative that can actually help you. And a lot of times that's not necessarily just the number on the back of the card. A website. (laughs) Nine times out of 10, it's not. It's not. Have you heard of this website? Okay, this is like my favorite hack of all time. It's called gethuman.com. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, you're going to be obsessed. Okay. So you'll enter in. You go to gethuman.com and any customer service situation you ever find yourself in, any service provider, credit card, bank, your cell phone provider, you're going to enter in that number and it's going to give you the number to call and the like dial, the like press four, press zero, whatever you need wow. to do, right? Brilliant. Get, it's so smart to get to a person who can actually help you as quickly as possible. So that is going to save you so much time. And honestly, I was chatting with my friend Hillary a little while ago and she was like, I was always so afraid to call my credit card company and they ended up being the biggest asset. She was like, look, like I'm committed to being a customer for, for years to come. I'm committed to paying off this balance in really collaborative language. She said, how can we work together to, to help me with these goals? And they were able to help her reduce her interest rate. They had a consolidation option for her. She was like, I am so, she's like, it took me, I've been avoiding that call for like six years. It took me 15 minutes. And I feel crazy. (laughs) We do that. We like dread these things that actually give us the peace and usually take minuscule amounts of time compared to the amount of time we stress about them. Why do we do this? What is human nature? (laughs) What is this? Oh Oh my gosh. So yeah, so definitely ask for help and, and make sure that you're calling your service providers. I think especially this year, companies are 
being very open about, you know, if you're struggling, like (laughs) we probably have some ways that you can get help and we can help you. But I think just coming at it with that collaborative language and asking, you know, what options do I have available can give you a ton, a ton of peace of mind. And then just having a, you know, little baby steps every single week. So whether it's, you know, I'm going to talk to, I'm going to make an appointment at my bank. I'm going to call my credit card company. I'm going to set up those automatic payments. So I'm paying even just a little bit more than the minimum payment on your debt, right? Like it doesn't need to be, you know, stacking thousands of dollars every month. If you have, if you can find $50, $75, $100 extra to put towards that debt, that's thousands of dollars in interest in years off your Mm -hmm. debt. You're going to save yourself. So really asking yourself when you're spending your money too, like, is this spending getting me closer to my goals? And I think this year, especially like things got a little crazy during quarantine spending. I was like, yeah. what is this Amazon purchase? What is happening? <laughs> so I think just really being aware of where your money is going, going forward. And again, this is not about deprivation. It's not about sacrifice, but just really asking yourself, you know, would I rather you know, spend on this random t-shirt at Target or would I rather, you know, put that extra money towards my debt or, you know, just really being intentional with, with where your money is going, I think is a really powerful thing. I saw the other day, this is, and I can't remember who it was. It's interior designer and her Instagram bio was your home should be a love letter to yourself. And I was like, your spending should be a love letter to yourself, right? Just put your money where your heart is, where your dreams are. And that honestly, like that, that's it. Like if you can get in that habit for yourself, that's a beautiful thing that will help you no matter where you find yourself financially, right? Whether you're thriving or you're in a place of a little bit of struggle right now, that, that will always, you know, really anchor you and bring you back to what the real vision is. I love to this last year, this focus on essentialism, what is actually mm-hmm. essential. And I think, you know, when yeah. we strip back the layers and and even when we just see those industries and those people putting themselves kind of on the front line of the uncertainty, it kind of puts things into perspective of like, what is essential and what do I need? And yes. I think it's a beautiful reminder for us as consumers and as people that, you know, are tethered to their phones and and Amazon is a one click purchase and all of these things. It's like, man, like I I think it's a beautiful reminder of like, is this essential? And my friend Tiffany Alicia, the budget Nista will often say like, are you buying this because it will help your actual business or it'll make you look like a business? And Uh, I think there's such a beautiful question in there where it's like, am I doing this because it's shiny or is this like actually going to make me money? And I think those are all questions, especially entrepreneurs should be asking themselves right now, you know, in this season as we kind of move forward and what that will look like. And there's so many valuable lessons that we can carry forward with us. Yes. And that's what I think too, Jen. I really think as hard hard as this past year has been for so many people. I think it's been a gift where so many really transformative lessons have been learned that we will carry throughout our lives, right? Like it's going to be, and business wise, that I think is a really beautiful thing because financially healthy businesses mean financially healthy business owners. It means like families are thriving. It just, I mean, it has such a effect that goes way beyond even just ourselves. So I completely agree with you. 
So I want to know where can everybody find you and connect with you and learn more about Smart Cookies and become a part of the community? <laughs> like give us all of the places. Yes. Okay. So smartcookies.com is where you can go to learn more about our programs, Your Richest Year, which is my signature community and blueprint and support system is going to be opening again soon. And you can also find me on Instagram at sandra.gram. Gram has a really really fancy E at the end. So don't let that. <laughs> <laughs> if you have people like Gram A, I'm like, no, just Gram. <laughs> so those are the best places to find me. And I would love, love, love to, to meet you there. Amazing. Sandra, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story and taking oh us gosh. on this journey. It has just been so much fun. This has been the highlight of my week and my month and probably the year. So thank you so much. <laughs> oh, well, I'm excited for all of us to be smart cookies as we yes. continue on in this journey of investing in entrepreneurship and spending and all of the things that come with being a human being and someone who is trying to take that power and own their future. And I, I'm just so grateful for people like you who are on the front lines, educating and giving us that empowerment that we so deeply desire with money. Thank you so much. One of the things that I loved most about quarantine was how we were challenged to connect with other people virtually. I mean, I started a book club with my mom and sisters and another family, and we've kept at it. But as I was talking to Sandra, I was like, why haven't I started a money club? I think there's something so beautiful about even digitally sitting down at the table and showing uh, where you're at financially, talking about it, setting goals. Money is one of those things that we hold sacred and secret, but I really think that there can be freedom in releasing some of the power that it holds on you and letting other people into that journey. And I love that it all started as just a group of girlfriends coming together with honesty and integrity and goals that they were committed to working towards together. It's a beautiful reminder that some of the things that we don't let other people into are the things that hold us captive, that have power over us. And as so many of us are navigating after a year of struggle and questioning, Maybe this is that invitation that we need to let other people into that journey for not just accountability, but for support and honesty. I love this story about women coming together to work towards this goal. They're on this parallel path cheering each other on. And I think we all can learn something from that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. If you haven't yet, leave us a review. It's seriously the way to say thank you for the show. And it really is a highlight of my day. And it really makes my guests feel extra special too. Thank you. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Of course, until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. 